You ever have that favorite movie that you find a way to work a quote into a conversation or you answer only with movie quotes? You have a buddy that you can have an entire conversation with nothing but movie quotes? Does watching a movie remind you of a certain time or place in your life? Well then, this is for you. If you said no, well then, wow. You need to start living or being a little more honest with yourself. Anyhow, sit back and enjoy if you think you hate it now. And thank you and welcome back to Llama Talk, all things Llama. This is your host, uh, Shep Wallersley, and uh, joining us today, fresh from a fact-finding mission from the Andes, is our good friend and expert, Cotton. Cotton, are you there? Thanks for having me on, Shep. And I got to tell you, there's nothing better than smooth jazz and talk about the world's most majestic animal, the llama. Obviously, the llama. Uh, and I know you're just back from a wonderful fact-finding mission, and I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the focus of your mission, or at least one of them, was the eternal burning question of the llama, our most majestic animal, and its semi-special uh, cousin, if you will, the alpaca, and why people might choose to go that route. And I think this is a burning question. Our customers and our friends and family have all wanted to know llama versus alpaca. And I think you're the one to shed some light into this dark underworld of the, uh, the llama versus alpaca. Well, thank you, Shep. And I can tell you definitively after we spent years and years researching and at least a hundred dollars Wow. That Substantial. We can answer this. Hey, wait, wait. Just hang on a minute. This isn't Llama Talk Day. Dude. What? This is if you think you hate it now day. Oh, how embarrassing that is for everyone involved. Oh, probably disappointing. We totally well. got it wrong. Tell you what. We're going to go to break, folks, and we'll bring you in with the real if you think you hate it now. Yeah, I got him. He's still back there. Come on, Mav. Do some of that pilot shit. That's what we, <laughs> I love that. You know what? I use that line still to this day whenever I'm sitting shotgun in somebody's car. Come on, do some of that pilot shit. It's beautiful. I, man, <laughs> I, this movie has been, um, for those of you who haven't caught up yet, Top Gun is what we're talking about. And it, yes. it's just, man, there's so many moments or points where you hear that or you hear that music or that, you know, that bong, like when the opening credits bong. and all that stuff. I actually like that version of the song with just the soft synth. Yeah. Better than the guitar version of it that's, you know, made famous is on the soundtrack, everything else. Oh. And and since this is a 1980s movie and we're kids of the 1980s, you should know that I'm watching this on VHS. Wow. Bad tracking and all. I dug so, out my copy. I didn't have a copy, so I dug out my copy on VHS, and I dug out my old VHS player, and I'll be damned if it doesn't still work. And really, it's it's very fitting in my oddball retro throwback world that I exist in. It's everything oddball I, already. Well, everything I have is old. My furniture is all old. It's all handmade. You know, my pickup is a 1979 Chevy. Uh, right now, if you looked mm-hmm. at me and saw a picture of me without context, you would not know what era it was taken in. I mean, my hair is combed back. I got a mustache, uh, uh, a Pendleton, sure. you know, a Pendleton board shirt on that's unbuttoned over top of a Waylon Jennings concert T-shirt. 
you would not know whether it was taken now or in the 1970s. I think uh, you might be riding to high school with Uncle Rico as we speak. Uh, <laughs> I might be. It really, <laughs> it really but it, it, it's kind of poetic in my little retro world to have yeah, a VHS player that still works. It's funny because mm-hmm. I have the Top Gun uh, on digital from uh, Apple. Thank you, iTunes. And, you know, and the um, there is actually probably twice as much special features as there is actual movie. Now, <laughs> I find that, supremely entertaining. That part of the movie experience through digital download, I can't argue. You know, yeah. we were we were having the discussion. In fact, we're just going to take an off ramp here before we really oh, get on with Top Gun. You know, we we're talking digital download. You and I about the finer points of having hard copy versus download. Mm-hmm. And here's my thought. I pulled out a copy of Blazing Saddles the other night, and I went, this is why I have hard copy. I know it the way it was intended to be watched, and it is going to get censored and either removed or altered to the point where the point of the movie is actually gone at some point. So yeah, I'm I don't happy think they can go back that. and censor the ones you already own, but I'm sure you're spot on when you're talking about if somebody's to go on there, probably even today, but certainly in the near future, and, and try to download that uh through a conventional format it's i don't know what they're going to do with it probably make it illegal i guess i i I don't know comedy central recently censored the episodes of south park that reference muhammad (laughs) and people that had purchased that downloaded those were removed from their list how could you do that like i don't know how they do it you're stealing from me basically yeah i paid you for a service or a good and but that's another that's another conversation for another day it's something to consider yeah yeah Um, but they can go yoink. So, uh, yeah, but, but you're, you're right. If you got it, you got it. And, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's not ever impossible, but it's more difficult for them to come confiscate your hard copy. Yeah. Blazing saddles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you in for son? I had a copy of blazing saddles. Ah, yes. As opposed (laughs) to molesting a dead horse, which (laughs) is another topic altogether. (laughs) Or another movie. Ben, nice to meet you. <laughs> well, you know, we're into Top Gun here, and we're out over the Indian Ocean. I like Obviously, how you present day, too. I like that Indian yeah, Ocean present, present day. day. I think that's, Whatever uh, that is. Well, yeah, and it could be the present day. The, you know, of the two planes that are being flown in this scene, mm-hmm. the F-14 is no longer being flown. The F-5 is still being used as a bandit by the Top Gun School Isn't out that- here in Fallon, Nevada. Awesome, dude. So awesome. Yeah, in fact, I, I saw him come out of Nellis Air Force Base about a year and a half ago at the Mopar show in Las Vegas, because it, Nellis flies right over Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Funky monkey. And they were bringing, they were bringing fighters, Ural fighters even, F-35s, F-15s, F-16s, and then comes mm. the fives, and I'm going, ooh, we're doing major <laughs> war games. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yeah, we got bandits going here. But the first guy you really see is um, John Stockwell. You remember him? He yeah. plays Cougar in yeah. this. Now, he was also, if you remember, he was in that My Science Project and Christine, where he had the really oh, cool, yeah. he had that really cool, you know, blue charger with the Kragers on it. In, That's right. Yeah. And Christine. And then My Science Project, he had the 69 or 68 GTO with a blower on it. And I forgot about My Science Project. That's leads me to believe that. Yeah. It leads me to believe that guy's a real car guy. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Obviously not as good of a fighter pilot since it freaked him out. <laughs> he wanted to get back to his cars. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And the last 10 times I've seen Top Gun, I always see the, the TV edited version and they take the best parts out. 
I mean, really, there's nothing really foul in this movie, you know, other than but, shit here and there. You don't even get. You were just what's breaking his my name brain. That? I was trying to think, like, what could you take out of Top Gun? And I don't know what it would be. Every time somebody said shit. <laughs> and, and when Goose puts his finger up. Really? That's, yeah, that's the stuff that they take out. And it's such a shame because it really adds to it, you know, well, especially to hear the guy who played Strickland in, uh, you know, Principal Strickland in yeah. Back to the Future. You're a slacker. Him, yeah. yeah. You screw up just this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. I just love that, dude. It's one of my favorite lines. I lo- and, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who hasn't used that when in a position of authority? Completely. Even not. Yeah. Like, like, I've used it personally. Like, man, I knew if I screwed up one more time, I'd be flying rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. The lines and the action are what makes this film so great because, and we had this discussion recently, it has no character development whatsoever. And it doesn't need any character development. It just doesn't. You don't need to know everybody's background, who their family is, everything else. You know Maverick's background. And his family. And you find out a little bit about Vipers, mm-hmm. you know, that he flew with Maverick's dad and all that. But other of than course, that, there's yeah. really no context given for anybody else, which is just fine because they're all perfect characters in their own right. Oh, yeah. I think and I really think, too, this is one I haven't really talked about this before, where the soundtrack is so tied and actually, I think, helps make this movie what it is. Oh, the movie's uh, a above two and hour- beyond movie's a two-hour-long music video designed to recruit men into the Navy. It is a recruitment video, no doubt. And, uh, and I yeah. will guarantee you, every fighter pilot that visited Miramar after this movie for at least five years got laid twice as much as the guys that went before the movie. Oh, Because the uniform fetish girls were out in force. They were. And even uh, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff I was watching on this, the, the, one of the, the uh, technical advisors, you know, he's like, originally there's like, 18 instructors at Top Gun. Uh, after this movie came out, you'd go to the, the local club, and there was about 500 people there that all claimed to be Top Gun instructors. instructors. Somehow, yeah. So. Of course, because that's just how it's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Utilization of available resources. Yeah, but the flying sequences in this film, mm. I don't even know that we're going to spend as much time on the lines as much as how this film really defines our generation. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, and, and go to, you know, like you mentioned the recruitment. Uh, the stats I heard is like recruitments into the Navy were up like 35% after this movie. And they actually had booths set up outside the movie. Yeah, like, to sign Talk you about up. an innovative local recruiter. It's like, hell yeah, I'm going down there and setting up a booth. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and you you were in, in San Diego, which is basically right there at Miramar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not yeah. many years after this was filmed in a Navy uniform. So yeah. really, you saw the aftermath of all of this. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, a lot of people thought they were all going to go be, uh, you know, Tom Cruise. Turns out you're probably scrubbing pots in the kitchen. Um, yeah. And which... there was actually, I just thought about this. There was a dude on my boat who told his family he was a fighter pilot uh, in he was stationed on a destroyer for one, which is this very small, has like a helicopter attached to it. Yeah, that's uh, about it. Yes, that's all. Uh, we had a helicopter. And somebody finally noticed on his mail, it was addressed to Lieutenant so-and-so. I won't say his last name. <laughs> addressed to Lieutenant so-and-so. Uh, they all confronted him. And yes, he had told his family he was a fighter pilot. And they were sending him letters. <laughs> he was a lieutenant, you know. And so... <laughs> 
I Wait. totally forgot about that. Until this young man had you some serious explaining to do, didn't he? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, his nickname was spider. We called him spider. Cause he was kind of <laughs> like, what's his name? He was from, uh, I think he was from Jersey or New York. Uh, not to mix those two up, but, uh, yeah. And he was like spider on, um, what is it? Goodfellas where that Michael Imperioli is the oh, young yeah. guy. And he kind of talked like spider. I think he's from Jersey. And like, he actually went to Tijuana one time and got his ass kicked over his like $7 watch. He didn't want to give up. And so he comes back on the boat and he's got a hoodie on. He's all beat up. He's like, yo, Adrian, Adrian, I did it. You know, so he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. No, nice I would, guy. I would but, say not. Uh, yeah. So he was spider. Uh, that's just how I knew him as his nickname was spider. But I heard that Lieutenant story and I just fell over laughing. Yeah. Well, that hilarious. Thank fantastic. you for that flashback. You know, it's the best. What can I do? Yeah, you know, give, yeah. give you all that. Well, we're <laughs> going to get back to the flying sequences here. And when they flip that F-14 over above the F-5, how do you not love that? You know, watch the birdie. Yeah, exactly. I should be a photographer. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So if I can't right shoot too. this son of a bitch down, let's see if we can have a little fun with him. Yeah, I love it. And you see, you know, right after that, you see the 14 flying up and down and up and down. Cougar's egg is cracked at this point. Oh, yeah. They done shredded his wheat. He, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, this kind of was the end of John Stockwell's movie career. So this was kind of poetic, really. <laughs> a lot of foreshadowing in that one. It's like, damn it. I should have played somebody that won the lottery instead. <laughs> no shit. So, yeah, I mean, the last line he says that I've ever seen him in a movie is where he turns around, looks at the two of them, goes, thanks, Maverick. And the way he says it, and I thought this since <laughs> I was a kid, could have been, thanks, asshole, or yeah. genuinely... Thank you for saving my life. Yeah. It could have yeah. gone either way, the way it was, the way he said it. And if you go back and watch it now, you'll get that same thing out of it. It's crazy to when think about that. When you're conscious of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, As an 11-year-old kid, your, I got that. Uh, from our good friends at IMDb, for all your movie knowledge needs, that's IMDb. Uh, <laughs> Who does not the, sponsor us. No, they certainly should. Uh, Into the Blue, which is a great Jessica Alba swimming with her ass. In the water picture, uh, he was the director in 2005. So, oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, and who also wouldn't want to direct her? Another great movie with chicks and great asses and bikinis, Blue Crush in 2002. Oh, so, ho, ho, ho. sweet Lord. That guy's got some talent. Anyways, that's so <laughs> random. Like, <laughs> now we know why he quit acting. <laughs> absolutely. He's behind the scenes, literally. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> thanks, IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. And now Maverick just set the jet down, threw the throttle forward. Pulled up the tail hook and off they go. Afterburners are roaring. Strickland is mad as hell. I'm not even sure what his name is in this movie. I still call him Strickland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Maverick. We got to go get Cougar. We're running on fumes, but we're, we just did it. We are way low on gas. And you do, and know, are, you do yeah. know who the guy in the backseat of Cougar's plane is, right? Yes. Tim Robbins. Uh, Tim Robbins, which just very blew young my Tim mind Robbins. when I realized it again. I'm like, that big goofy bastard's Merlin. Like it's, um, yeah, so funny because he's just not Tim Robbins to me in that movie. No, at all. In all reality, he's too big to be a fighter pilot. That's what I thought too. Like even a real, he's too big for that. He's huge. Yeah. So um, most pilots are not large men. No, I noticed in some of the behind the scenes stuff too. Like the dude that first took Tom Cruise up to like give him a feel for all that stuff is. At least six inches shorter than Tom Cruise. And I was like, and Tom Cruise is like five foot two. 
exactly i'm like holy buckets uh i have are to they... give that guy a hand up to even get to the ladder well like, there's man a, maybe that's the reason they call them jet jockeys <laughs> that's a great <laughs> point yeah because i didn't we I was are like, getting way over our heads here that's perfect uh because that's that little short guy he probably has a lot of stuff over his head too it was like <laughs> it blew my mind <laughs> was like, oh wow. my god <laughs> poor little turd and look at that i would have hated to have been the stunt pilot that actually flew in cougar's plane Wings waggling, yes. setting that thing down. Yes. Like, fuck her up, Buttercup. Yeah. Yeah, and then he throws his wings down on Strickland's desk. Yeah. Strickland's yeah. Desk. <laughs> He's going to go see the principal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. But I do like where he finally has to resign himself to it. I got to give you your dream shot. Yeah. You two characters yeah. are going to <laughs> Top Gun. And the way he just puts so much emphasis on Top Gun. It's like, no matter what that guy says, he's like pissed off. Even though it's like, congratulations on your wedding day. You know, it's like, he's just mad all the time. <laughs> you have a very lovely home, asshole. Exactly. <laughs> you can make up lines for this guy all day long. We really should be screenwriters. I love that. Yeah, because everything he says, you're just like, I don't know if that guy's happy or sad or mad or glad or what the hell's going on. But he says yeah. it and you listen. So Yeah, we're not entirely <laughs> sure. And <clears throat> let's let's unpack, okay, today's segment of shit you could never get away with today in a movie. Tom Cruise riding a motorcycle in Miramar with no helmet. <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I thought, too, like, wouldn't he fly his jet? from the carrier to the school or would like you just go there and get another one i I was wondering about that the other day like i think you probably fly your jet but maybe not maybe not maybe they have allow for the great motorcycle scenes but yeah maybe they have them there already or i I don't know but uh, anyways it was a logistical question that popped into my brain yeah and then they you know right after that they wind up in class you see michael ironside um, (laughs) already balding (laughs) Yes, he's approaching approaching cul-de-sac hair. He has such that great voice, though, like a great presence for that role, I think. Well, for just about anything. But this is definitely the one that I remember the guy by. And even I mean, you haven't seen you see Tom Skerritt in some smaller roles, but this Mm -hmm. was absolutely career defining. And, And when you're over 50 and something defines your career, that's a big thing. That's a great point. Yeah. Mm hmm. Great. And and of course, you're introduced right then to Val Kilmer, who. In my opinion, he's fantastic as Iceman, but considering what a talent he really is, it's kind of a waste of a really good actor's skill set. Yes, and they really had to beg him to take this role, the director did. They? did. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, this is just perfect for you, and you, and you need to do it. And so um, he, he decided to go ahead and just do it because of what they said it could be. Uh, but uh, yeah, he wasn't overly excited about it to begin with either. Yeah, and... They really made a much bigger star out of him. Which, Definitely. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing considering, say, the, the other two main characters, Hollywood and Wolfman, mm-hmm. really stayed in relative obscurity as actors after that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I've seen Barry Tubbs more names in the – I've seen his name more times in the, the Roper thing. Sports News than I have <laughs> in movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen Slider around a few times. Uh, Rick Rosovich, or I think is his name. Um, and nothing I really can remember directly, but I know I've seen him around a bit. Uh, yeah, you do see and some And then of I those. think uh, 
Sundown, wasn't he in, in uh, Sleepwalker, Texas Stranger? Is yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he was in that. Clarence Gilliard Jr. That's him. Oh, and also Die Hard. I forgot that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. he was also in Die Hard. And, of course, we get to the plaque for the alternates is down the ladies' room. <laughs> and this is where, you know, where you really start to pay attention to Anthony Edwards. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. There's two O's in Goose, boys. Yeah. Two. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect sidekick slash, you know, almost complete opposite uh, of, of Maverick or Tom, Tom Cruise, if you will, is Goose. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, it, which makes sense. That's usually how things work in the military, for sure. Yeah, I, he's just... I don't, he's like the sidekick to hop along. He's yeah. that guy. You know, he's, he's comedy relief. He's everything that he's supposed to be. When all the hunks take their shirts off, he does not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a sweet mustache. And it's quite possibly the last time we ever see Anthony Edwards with hair on his head. True. Yeah. And I dig his wife, too. Yeah. Well, everybody loves Meg Ryan. Yes, sir. She's absolutely adorable. She's still a very beautiful lady. America's sweetheart. Yes. Yeah, so they hit the bar. I mean, the, uh, just the bet, you know, she's lost that love and feeling. I got to tell no, you. No, she hasn't. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no, she hasn't. I hate it when she does that. She does that. <laughs> now, that's a line that's been in the lexicon forever. God, I hate it when they do that. <laughs> she does it. Yeah. <laughs> and what I want to wonder is if Bill Medley watched this and went, what did they do to my song? <laughs> oh, he probably not. That's what it was meant to do. Try to pick up chicks. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the worst renditions of that song ever sung by anybody. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. Is, yes, it is. It's awful. And, not a uh, single note on. Yeah, because I'm thinking too, like, so they all get here and all these. So, A, to be a pilot, the aviator, if you will, yes. is pretty damn good. And then you're supposedly picked out of the top echelon of that. And we're going to throw you in this bar scene when everybody just gets to town. It's the first day or night, really. What you're all trying to do is establish dominance and see who's who, you know. So, like, the most over-the-top shit you can think of, that's what's going to come out that night. Like, um, I can fully picture that that oh. whole scene and exactly what would be going on. Like, there's nothing to lose. Yeah, um, and I, when Ice and Slider show up and pull the alpha male act, yeah, you know, Goose provides... The best comedy relief. <laughs> they were abused as children. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. A lot of jockeying for position, if you will. And, and the clarifying of the bet is quite funny. You have to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time. <laughs> this time. On the premises. <laughs> <laughs> Again, never used the line. Always kind of wanted to. Oh, I have. Uh was at a uh, convention in college, and it was a bunch of uh, now there's a bunch of professors there, a bunch of college students, and we were on a boil one night, and I was actually a bet that a professor made me um, about getting a uh, getting a brassiere off a woman in the crowd. And so um, I even let him pick the woman. <laughs> of all the 180 people in the bar, he picked probably the woman I knew the best in the entire bar. Of course he did. <laughs> Naturally. Because he's and a then... good friend. Yes. So she definitely gave me her brassiere, brought it back to the bar, got my shots and scotch or whatever we were betting. And then to show how intelligent everybody was that night, he bet me double or nothing. I couldn't get her pantaloons, which was crazy after having her bra. Yeah. Here, give me two seconds. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, so definitely had those those fun times with the uh, picking the lay of the land, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've just sung to her and now. <laughs> sit down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, OK, sit down. But he follows her off to the bathroom. Now, I have to ask this because, again, as an 11 year old boy watching this, I was quite obsessed with fighter planes and the rest of the movie was just mm-hmm. fluff and annoyance for me. Yes. But he follows her into the bathroom and nobody else follows, you know, comes in. Now, maybe he locked the door, maybe he didn't. I just don't remember from watching it before. But I do remember as a kid watching going, wouldn't you be a little nervous that somebody might come in? I mean, I realize, you know, you're at a little bit different confidence level when you're a fighter pilot, but just the same. Yes. Yeah. And I think uh, this sounds weird, but I think if you lock the door, it turns creepy. <laughs> just saying. Well, this is true. Well, let's find out. I have fast forward on this. In fact, I have everything on this VHS player except for pause. <laughs> it does not have a goddamn pause button. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> Even if you pause that thing, it'd probably be all out of track and like, and so you couldn't see it anyways. Some yeah. people have no clue what we're talking about when we talk about tracking or anything else on the, or even what a VHS is. And there was see, no kids, back in the day, the door, we used yeah. to gather around a coal-powered machine called a video cassette player. Exactly. And watch Spaceballs the video cassette. <laughs> exactly. Before the movie came out. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> And then, of course, he grabs the counter. Well, I kind of had this counter in mind. I go, well, that's <clears throat> Yeah, but there was, dirty. Yeah, there was no do. locking of the door. And I, one thing about this movie, I absolutely love the look on Goose's face when she walks by and goes, your friend was magnificent. Oh. Yes. Like, nah. No, could, was it? Really? That little bat. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, also, since I try to do every, something for every single episode, just so you know, my old straight back, they're not the Ray-Bans, the actual, they're the issued pilot's glasses that are meant to go in your helmet, so they have no oh, curve yeah. to go. I found those recently in Kleena, and I have those on right now. Oh, outstanding. Those are badass. Yes. 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 Yeah. Gold frames, everything. I like them much, very much. Yeah. My, my pal, the pilot, tried to buy them from me. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, no. <laughs> like, nope, sorry, kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... They get to the class the next day, and she shows up. Yes, naturally. Uh, yeah. Like. <laughs> and, and, of course, they have to debate her. The data on the MIG is inaccurate. Yes, yeah. naturally. Because yeah. I just have, we, sorry. Thank you. We yeah. just <laughs> happen to be a, in a 4G inverted dive with a MIG. They're bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, if you're above him, how could you see? Because I was inverted. <laughs> Which Kyle Kilmer. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I actually found that slogan on a t shirt. I was inverted. Yeah. The F fourteen oh, upside yeah. down. Yeah. This is because I was inverted. And I guess uh obviously everybody's gonna realize I did watch the, all the extras uh in the past couple of days and that bullshit line from Val Kilmer was completely made up out of the blue. Hadn't told anybody, uh, and just was like the most perfect thing that could have been said or done was bullshit. You know. Well, they probably had to cut the cameras right after that. I'm sure because everybody probably imploded. But uh, very yeah, likely, I, it, it couldn't have been any better because that's exactly what would have happened. Yeah, and I just watched it now. 
<laughs> and uh, of course, I'm getting right to what were you doing there? Communicating, communicating, <laughs> <You know. laughs> keeping up foreign relations. I was, uh, you know, giving him the bird, you know, the finger. He's like, yes, yes, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I hate it when it does that. Again, now line that, oh. used all the time. I hate it when it does that. With extreme frequency. Yes. Um, and yet no it doubt. never gets worn out. Not according to me. Uh, no, I think uh, those that might be the recipient maybe think so, but not I. Uh, I think it's brilliant and wonderful and, and certainly underused at times. <clears throat> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Oh, there's the finger. Yeah, I like how he's just like it's like completely disconnected from him. Like, oh yeah, sorry, I hate when it does that. You know, like, this thing has like a mind of its own. All yeah, autonomous. Uh, in yeah, itself. It's, it's like Barf's tail. Exactly. Like, I don't know what this thing's doing half the time. Yeah, that's how I'm a Rio <laughs> and not a pilot. So take it from there. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, you know, Iceman has to wait up for him just to establish his dominance a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. Like, look, kid, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but yeah. Yeah, and, and I do love Jester's plane. Well, and Vipers, because I, yeah. I love A4s. I think they're just a neat-looking little aircraft. They they're badass. small. They're light. They maneuver really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not supersonic. They're not fighter material, but they are one great little plane. Definitely. And they're a beautiful little plane. And I think their simplicity is part of it. The F-14 is a really – I mean, believe me, when I was a kid, I loved F-14s too. I still love them. But, but. when it's when it, for me, well – for me, the F4 is the one. Mm, yeah. Now, oh my God, nothing sounds like an F4 going overhead <laughs> of you. They just they just shriek. It's or, very badass. A friend of mine that flew them before they uh, retired them, obviously. You know, like he said, it's the most efficient way in the world. And F4 is the most efficient way mm. in the world to convert jet fuel into noise. <laughs> and do so at a very high rate of speed. <laughs> Extremely efficient and being inefficient. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's one of it was one of the most aerodynamically flawed planes, and yet the engines were so big it could do anything they wanted it. it doesn't to. matter. Just going to power on through it. It's all good. Yeah. But I still think the four, the A four here and an F four, I, I think are two of the most beautiful planes to come out mm-hmm. of the Vietnam era. Yeah, and then really, you know, I was looking back at the at the fourteen. You're like, man, like when it was like they have several obviously shots of it landing the gears down you're like that thing just looks weird it's like out of balance in some regards well um, in in some ways and yeah it really doesn't seem like it should be outdated today yeah you, know, you don't think it should be but you look at the inefficiency compared to the serviceability of the f-18 the inefficiency mm-hmm. of the f-14 with all the moving parts yeah all the extra stuff the cost of manufacture the extra man everything else it becomes very clear why they wound up scrapping it or didn't scrap it, but decommissioned no, it and but, went straight to the 18 as their main attack slash yeah. fighter. But they had to have the 14 to get to the 18. I think is 100% is how it is. It's like, you know, this is the best we can do now. We're learning all the time. Like, aha, here's one. Yeah. One was a stepping stone to the next. Certainly. Yeah. And so and, that's, that's another part I really admire about it is everything it brought to the table in the future. Um, for what it was. I think yeah. that's a great thing well, about it. And the nice thing is when the Navy decided that the F-16 was not suitable for carrier mm-hmm. use and chose not to option the plane, that's when the development of the 18 began. Yeah, that's true. Pretty much specifically a carrier plane. Yes. I mean, the Marines do fly it off land, but 
it was made to be a carrier aircraft. I know we're getting really nerdy right now, no, but that's fine. you Thank know, you. I'm doing it as we're going through the first dogfight where they die below the hard deck. Um, <laughs> and, you know, of course, one of my favorite parts and yours too, because our own line came out of it requesting a flyby. <laughs> yes. Negative goat rider. The pattern is full. <laughs> yes. We changed it to goat rider over the years. And when they finally get into Viper's office, I love that guy in there, you know, yelling at him. You and your snot-nosed jockey oh. hit a flyby on my tower at over 400 knots. I want somebody's butt. I want it now. I, want it now. I had it. I want some butts. Butts. Damn it. That's <laughs> God damn it. That's twice. But the best line to come out of that is they're standing here looking freaked out as the air boss walks by. Yeah. Is Tom Skerritt, you know, Viper walking out going, well, that'll just about cover the flybys. <laughs> Very quietly, and I use that. I just modify flybys to whatever, whatever the the situation crazy calls was. For. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, oh, and again, I can just about see cover him that as the head Fred saying that, like, pretty much knew it was going to happen. Uh, he done it, and he doesn't need to do any more. <laughs> ever fucking do it again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, he turns into Lou Brown. He knows they don't yeah. need any more. No additional ass chewing is required. Yeah, exactly, because you don't know. You you know, yeah. And yeah, goose. You got the number of that truck driving school. <laughs> oh, I like I like when the slider does it. No, below the hard deck does not count. And goose looks in. Oh, you're a lot brighter than you look. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting factoid as well. And actually, not factoid, but um, the main technical consultant to Top Gun, his call sign was Viper. Oh, really? That was a really cool way to kind of pay him some homage by nice giving that. Little, to, nice little bit of homage. To Tom Skerritt. Yeah, I thought, oh, sweet. I didn't realize that. Because, um, like, Bozo was one of the guys that really flew with Tom Cruise a lot and was their other guy. Um, and so, yeah, Tom Cruise, he was a real joker. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can only imagine. He's like, yeah, because he gave him a bunch of shit the first time they went up and almost broke him in half. and. He's like, uh, didn't you hear me trying to, to? Yeah, I thought I heard something back there. Uh, I wasn't sure though. You know, they do call me Bozo for a reason. But, <laughs> but again, I thought um, great, great um, tribute to him because he really helped keep it on this track of what's possible and not. And, and his call sign was Viper, so I thought that was really cool. Well, I may actually have to get the digital download just in addition to this. Now, one oh, of the reasons having yeah. the old tape is actually so good is I still get the old Diet Pepsi commercial at the beginning where they. Have to That's roll the awesome. plane over to fill the cup. But, That's so cool, dude. You know, back on track. Yeah, the truck driving, truck max driving that was. Yeah. I could be a truck driver, <laughs> exactly. yeah. And I know we both used that line before. Oh, totally, dude. Mm -hmm. It's And a little um, side note, too, when the air boss comes boiling out and he runs into that dude carrying coffee, that dude he runs into is E6. Like, he's fairly high up. I don't know why he's acting all meek and, and carrying the carrying coffee. Carrying the coffee. Well, yeah, like... you, you know exactly why he did it. So he could be in the movie. Completely, yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, that dude's been around for a while. He's not packing the coffee. And if he is, he ain't acting like that. But I thought it was yes. uh, it was interesting just to see that, who got ran into. But uh, <laughs> it's too damn. But that dude oh, looked yeah. like he was a squid. I'm pretty sure he oh, was a real squid. Yeah, totally. Totally. And then the next great line, of course, Slider, you stink. Stink. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which and leads us. Slider's oh, crash and burn. Like, that's something I hadn't thought about. But you crash don't really hear man. that a lot uh, before. That kind of started with, with that this movie of crash and burn. That definitely began 
with this movie. And then, of course, we go immediately into, you know, the gratuitous Hunks playing <laughs> volleyball scene for no reason <laughs> other than. Hey, I've, know, got, I've the, got Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer in a movie. Yeah, well, I need a volleyball and, scene. <laughs> and also somebody, somebody in the technical crew went, um, there are going to be women that come to this with their, you know, husbands, yeah. whatever, who Boyfriend, don't yeah. have a uniform fetish. So we need to give them something. Yes. So yeah. anyhow, you know, we start there. And this also brings up the good point that during the 1980s, it was really good to be Kenny Loggins. Because oh, my God. Yes. He got all <clears throat> the great movies. And what he didn't get, 38 Special got, which is funny because I'm a huge 38 Special fan. Can't <laughs> stand their movie songs. Yeah, exactly. Nerds in Paradise. <laughs> both no, thank you. Teachers. Yeah. Uh-uh, not my songs. It, it's, uh, I was thinking about this yesterday when, you know, you're talking about Highway to the Danger Zone. And how it was such a great movie for the, or a great song for the movie. But you're like, you think about it, you're like, Highway? They're talking about flying. Anyways, overlook that. Um, I use it all the time when I'm out playing golf with my buddies. And like, we got to, like, usually me, hits a wild ass tee shot, like two fairways over, and we got to go get it. Um, we've almost been killed doing that before. And so I, I always sing Fairway to the Danger Zone when we're whipping across the golf course. Yes. Um, Right from that, and everybody knows what I'm talking about. I just, and when we do it, and so it's like intertwined you, with all we do. You have heard uh, Psycho Sticks cover of that song, right? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. And actually, it was pretty well done. They're they're despite being a parody band, they're actually very good musicians. Totally, I think a lot of times parody bands are phenomenal musicians because they have to. Well, look at copy somebody exactly how they do it. Look at Steel Panther, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, they're a yeah, total exactly. parody, yet they're really good players. Wow. But Shit, I never thought we'd say out loud, uh, <laughs> look at Steel Panther. Yeah. <laughs> I think, wonder if they'll do the theme song to Llama Talk. Uh, that's that's all right. <laughs> Jesus. Let's yeah, just hilarious. see about that. Cut, or, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thank you, Cotton. Um, <laughs> I just didn't think Cotton needed a last name. No, Cotton. No. <clears throat> say no more, good sir. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those those soundtrack um, the songs just I, I can't imagine it without it. Now that's that's just how ingrained it is. Oh yeah, and and then there's that burgundy '55 Chevy in the background of the volleyball deal, which actually <laughs> is a beautiful car. Yeah, so and random. Not long ago, Gary and I were actually having a discussion of that. Gary's my other business partner, and he's ten years older than me, and he grew up in El Cajon, right next to Miramar. Oh. Yeah. So we were talking about that whole deal. He's like, there's a damn good chance I cross paths with that car probably more than once down there. <laughs> no kidding, dude. That's hilarious. Southern Way California. Cool. Then, and even still today, I was shocked when we went to El Cajon to pick up my Bronco. It is still major car country down there. And uh, for those of you who don't know, El Cajon is Spanish for the Cajon. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't resist. I should have, but I couldn't. So he needs a shower, but he puts on his leather jacket. Of course. <clears throat> That's got to yeah. smell fantastic. Like, and I don't know. Even getting that T-shirt on would be a pain in the ass. That's just me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe he, you know, air dried a little bit on his super he, ninja motorcycle. Yeah, he gets to her house. She's clearly wanting to get some. Like, she's not wanting to yeah. beat around the bush here. Well, I think she wants somebody to beat around and through the bush. Well, um, it was the 80s, therefore, exactly. there was much more of that than there is today. But <clears throat> that's another conversation for another such day. A, that's a great line you use there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We hear the Otis Redding song, which is great. I mean, that, and oh. I don't believe that was even on the soundtrack. 
I don't, I don't recall, but I don't think so either. Yeah. No, I haven't listened to that soundtrack for a long time. In fact, just the, the cheap trick song came on my playlist the other day. And it's like, I had forgotten Dude. what a good song that was, especially <laughs> for a band who'd been really quiet for a lot of years. Yeah. They hadn't done much. And then they did Top Gun. And I think the following year, they, I think the flame went really close to number one. Which mm, yeah, that's that, right. Wow. I forgot that, about song that song. Is, yeah, that song is still assigned to a, a woman in my life who is exactly that. The flame. We're yeah. still highly close friends. We, our lives <laughs> just don't converge where we can be together. Harumph. Yeah, every now and again, I have to text her and say, well, there went your song again. And she'll text me back and say, <laughs> that's right. You're never rid of me. <laughs> free rent yes <clears throat> exactly exactly now the girl makes a really good um storyline in here but obviously you know as you watch in the extra features and everything else there really weren't any civilian instructors in top gun no this no was more or less an uh, embellishment made to make the movie a, well they needed a well, love yeah. interest initially it was a an enlisted woman or somebody uh that he had an uh, interaction with and, and the technical environment was like, uh, no, <clears throat> that don't happen. And then they got to like, well, there's, is there civilians around? Well, yeah, there's some, some inspectors and some people to help rate us, et cetera. So there could be women there. And that's why they changed her role to, you know, this consultant, if you will, or this uh, outside advisor. Okay. Because uh, initially, yeah, she was uh, part of the Navy as well. And they said, nope, that dog don't hunt. And, um, so yeah, now, there's your little behind the scenes. Okay. I'm glad you enlightened me on that. Now, when they're in the elevator, I don't know, <laughs> have you ever used the line where he gets in real close? I can see it's difficult for you. <laughs> I've stored it away for years, but I've never actually used <clears throat> it. I've not a chance to use it yet, no. Uh, but it's stored in the bucket, isn't it? Yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> because and even um, way back to when he's first hitting on her a little bit more, you know, and Slider's giving him hell, you know. Uh, he's like, I, you know, you wanted to ask me out to dinner. I have uh, not those exact words, but similar um, to that. But, yeah, his his approach in the elevator um, is really cool. And uh, another factoid of that, if you'll, if you'll bear with me, that scene in the elevator and their subsequent brown chicken brown barrel uh, was added well after the movie was completed because everybody said they needed a love scene. So the reason she's wearing a ball cap is because she'd already been done with the movie and had cut her hair off for something else. And so uh, that's why she's wearing a ball cap in the elevator. Is because oh, she had okay. hair. Yeah. So they had, which to... I thought, which if you think about it's so crazy because they add that in at the end, they get that song from Berlin sort of like just randomly take my breath away. That song ends up winning an Oscar and being like one of the most famous parts of the entire movie. And you've never heard anything else from that band ever no. again. And it was like an afterthought, like, crap, we need, like, we need that scene. They kind of get their brown chicken, brown cow. And, and so they did it afterwards. And, and I think Tom Cruise was in Chicago filming Color of Money. And so they converged everybody in Chicago and did that. And, and then we're done, you know. So, like, his hair is all jacked up because it's different for that movie. And that's why they had him looking like he just worked out. Um, but if you don't think about that, like, it fits so perfectly in all that happens in the movie. Like, I was shocked when they're like, yeah, we just kind of did huh. this in the, like, the last 15 minutes uh, before it hit the streets. And I was like, holy crap. Like, it's so different if you don't have that. Well, that's that part of movie magic that we don't see is where they get yes. into the end. They do screen testing and figure out what changes to make that happen mm -hmm. in the very last minute. 
And sometimes some of the best parts of a movie, not going to say the love scene was the best part in this movie, but sometimes they do add to things. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the options, I guess one of the endings they'd originally filmed was that he lands his jet somewhere and she pulls up in a Jeep and then they drive away. Like, and they were like, wait, crap, that's not going to work. Like, <laughs> that almost is, I don't know. It's almost Looney Tunes. Yes, exactly. What they even said after they filmed it. Like, man, now that I see that, that, that doesn't work. No. So, but I really was intrigued by that elevator scene and afterwards like that just got stuck in there and what kind of awesome editing that was and, and really dumb, stupid luck when you look back at how it all just fits and flows. And then, then that, like the editor guy's like, and then that stupid song won an Oscar. Can you believe it? Like just how it wouldn't be what it is without that and how close we were to not having that exact movie. Yeah. Well, and that song is so iconic for everything out of that era. We, we hear it all the time. Whether it's in yes. advertising, whether I mean that that man yeah. never had to work again a day in their lives. I, I don't think they. Yeah, they might have wanted to. I don't think they did. Yeah. So. No, it was just that easy. And as a you know, as a film editor, I'm always looking for the right music for stuff. Thankfully, I have a business partner who's a great musician and a also musician. a yeah. great. Yeah, he does our title sequence. And he's also a very good sound engineer. He knows what needs to be mm-hmm. in which side, where and when. And what needs to be in the front, what needs to be in the back. And, um, you know, the music makes or breaks the film. And in this I, case, they went, oh. let's forget a score so much as let's make this a great big music video. Yeah. And, and they also mentioned, they talked about this quite a bit, too, in the other features, how that, you know, they brought the people in and said, here's the movie right for it. It wasn't like take something off the shelf and make it fit. Uh, they, they said, here make it for this well and that, i think again, that extra detail was really good yes and that again is why i think that cheap trick song you know take me on your mighty wings i think that's mm-hmm. why that was such a powerful tune yeah. they really took that to heart and uh probably there's probably a bit more of a show tunesman in rick nielsen than you might think because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. they took that very very serious and i'm not a big synthesizer guy other than the part at the beginning of the movie but mm-hmm. that particular song had some really good synth in it yeah, oh, where dude, where it fits which, again things you never think you'd say out loud but, yeah where it yeah. fits i'll give it credit yeah you know it's like listening to rainbow in the dark it's like okay i can give synthesizer a pass here it's just <laughs> exactly. cool because it fits this particular thing yeah yeah and um, has held up surprisingly well over the years definitely yeah that's different you know different context different this and that okay i'm going to stop right here for a second because i want to take Actually, this is still completely movie-related, but I have a story I have to tell because I'm right at the love scene. Kinky. I haven't. No. Dog, God, no. But (laughs) the way you framed that, I was like, wow. uh, No, it's, (laughs) it's, it's more like, let's say, confession time. Sure. You know, so that started. I had no interest in watching any of that, but here I am, 1986. I'm 11 years old. And my mom takes me to the theater. I have to suffer <laughs> through the goddamn love scene. And, <laughs> mind you, this is like early. This is um, oh matinee time. So there's not really a tremendous oh. amount of people in this movie theater that you can kind of go, oh, yeah, this sucks. You know, yeah. no, you're sitting right next to your mom. You're 11, and the love scene comes on. <laughs> Quite possibly the most uncomfortable minute and a half to two minutes of my life. It's just like, oh. I just came here to watch goddamn airplanes. And I'm just and thinking out loud, too, like, this. 
what makes it worse? You sitting through it or you get up to go to the bathroom to, to not see it. And she's like, oh, there he goes. You know, like, you can't do that's anything. just it. There's nothing you can do. So, yes, that is one of <clears throat> the biggest life shaving, shaping events for me. <laughs> life shaping, life shaping. Um, is scarred you as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I had to suffer through the love scene at 11 years old with my mom. I could... And then to find out today that it almost wasn't in there at all. Well, and I hope to God that she has just blocked it out of her mind. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, I'll never bring it up. It's a, that is, I like how you remembered it's the matinee too. Like that's, (laughs) it is seared in your memory. I can't even tell you it was in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. At the old cinemas at the mall. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes back a ways. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Because those were built, I believe, in the late 70s. Anyhow, yeah. And obviously this was filmed later because her hair is much shorter after she wakes up the next day and finds a little paper airplane note. Yeah, which I thought. I don't know what it said, too. That's one thing I always wanted to know. What it said. And and I don't even use this line, but you hear it all the time. The the next, you know, scene, you see the two of them on the tarmac. I feel the need. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The need for speed. Yeah. And the big high five. You hear that everywhere. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, and I like the little kind of look on Goose's face when it first maps like, I feel the need. And he's like, Rrr. he does a good job of, of uh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. So, yeah. I love that too. When they get up there, he's like, oh, great. Viper's up here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I bet he's saying, holy shit, it's my freaking goose. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, dude. I'm sure he's saying that. <laughs> But the in the in plane stuff with Viper, I love because you you still get that impression. That's how good of an actor Tom Skerritt is. He is the man. He is in control. Yes. Completely. Yeah, I really dig that. Yeah, you you just get that, and and even when he's doing the dog fighting, he's cool. He's calm. He's collected. He's everything. You know, he's everything the boss man should be. You know, he's making a right. He's making a left, and he's you know, and come on, come on, come on, kid. on, kid, get up here, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah get around, get around. Finally yeah. concedes. Damn, this mm-hmm. kid's good. <laughs> like, yeah, they're flashing back, and he's like, "Damn, he's good." Damn, this kid's good. I think that uh, yeah. was very well put together for sure. Well, and I also enjoyed because you don't see a lot of emotion out of Michael Ironside's character, out of Jester. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't figure a guy that serious would be Jester. Anyhow, yeah, that's you know he walks too, like... into the into the <laughs> locker room afterwards. Everybody's feeling like shit, and he's like, "That was some of the best flying I've ever seen." Right yeah. up until the part where you got killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then throws the lesson on afterwards. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to throw the lesson at the bottom of this. I at first, I want right. to tell you if this was damn good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It was really a, um, it was a well thought out line. Whoever wrote that, you know, has obviously received a lesson or two before. Definitely. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned about Jester too, because that's, that's one of the things that's been burning through my mind because call signs, AKA nicknames are, or I don't know. I really just relate to those. And so um, I got to thinking a lot, like how the hell did that guy get the name Jester? You know, was it like ironic, like calling the, you know, somebody like shorty or like, did he used to be really crazy? Or uh, is that like when he's not in teacher mode, is he really kind of, uh, you know, funny or I don't know. So it's just one of those weird it things would, like you'll never get the answer to, but it's something I think about. No, it'd be terrific to know the <clears throat> more of the backstory. 
And yeah, for, for, one, for one of those, yeah. For some of that, you actually have to go to IMDb. Like, if you want to know what the pilot's names were actually written as by the writer of the movie, you have to mm-hmm. go to IMDb. Yeah. Because they never actually get stated in the movie. No, and, which I think is kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. They are who they are. You call them by their call sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, Jester gets on the defense department regrets to inform you your sons are dead because they were stupid. <laughs> stupid. Love that. Use that before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the locker room is so funny because everybody standing in there, except for Anthony Edwards, is sucking their gut in like you've never seen. Like just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yanking it back. Like they're trying to make their, their belly button touch their spine. Yes. <laughs> and it's <laughs> so true. obvious. Yeah, like, uh, you can breathe now. Yeah. Yeah. I did love when old Mav, you know, looks at him and goes, that was stupid. I will never, ever do that again. Goes to looks at him and goes, I know. <laughs> I needed to hear you say that, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, it's that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's that too. Like, how many times have I heard that already? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what that conveys. <laughs> And then we find out, you know, right after that, we find out that Goose actually has talent when we hear him pounding on the piano singing, Great Balls of Fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're like, where did that come from? You know, it gives him a little. Meg acts like she's all embarrassed, and yet she's not at all. She's just as loud and obnoxious as as he's being. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Yeah, you're being stud. Yeah, you're being stud. Show me the way, darling. Yeah. And everybody, and it was a far better version of Jerry Lee Lewis than she's lost that love and feeling. Yeah. 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 But this, again, it leads to every young man in America looking at Meg Ryan going, I want one just like her. Yes. Oh, completely. Yeah. Because um, we all do. And, and actually, uh, this is quite funny. My, my ex-girlfriend, Dina, looked just like Meg Ryan. Hair, everything. Oh, Little wow. bitty things. She's absolute yeah. sweetheart we're still very close friends and it was at that time you know i was about 190 pounds i'm only 210 now but you know didn't have any facial hair and always people would walk up to me anybody ever tell you you look like dennis quaid and i'd be like no well i got it all the time oh, and she's like yeah. we really need to go to hollywood and just walk around with our sunglasses on just to see that, who who gets the joke that would be interesting <laughs> yeah because when you mention it for sure yeah yeah that would be hilarious yeah. And entertaining for sure. Yeah, that was a total, you know, side note right there. But that's there we that's go. That's also an alternative uh, title of our podcast. Side note or uh, <laughs> off ramp would be the other one. Yeah, so off ramp would be very good. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds like a weird '80s band though, too. Like, <laughs> Meets the hell off ramp. Yeah, <laughs> beats the hell out of mud pit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there's a time for both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and of course, you know, the other girl has to use Meg's line. Oh, uh, yeah, but, later on. Yeah. You big stud. Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't, <laughs> no, it doesn't translate without the cute loud girl thing going. Yeah, and then you big stud. She gets that little growl, I think, is part of it, too. But, yeah. Um, it does make when, you think uh, of some Conway Twitty songs, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Hello, yeah, darling. When, when Kelly tries it, it's just, not that I'd say no, uh, but it just doesn't have that same impact. Like, hmm, how are you doing? Yeah. No, it's. You hear it coming from a girl like her, you go, she's used this before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is not yeah. random and off the cuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the cockpit scenes that come after that when they're up in the air are pretty good. You know, you can see the planes kind of ducking back and forth, and and the the banner back and forth between the two of them is good. Yes, yeah, just I just a walk in the park, Kazansky. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. another another great line in the bucket all the time. Yeah, definitely. Just a walk yeah, in the park. I even use Kazansky too. I'll I'll throw that part in, and people are like, huh? mm-hmm. and then um, you just keep rolling with it because that's half the fun. Yeah. It's one of those things that runs in my inner monologue all the time, especially when I have to do something <laughs> that I know is going to be difficult. Oh, yes. <laughs> I will just say to myself, just to walk in the park. Yeah, totally. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Things don't always have to be said out loud to be lines that you use all the time. You know, that's a great point is oftentimes, yeah, the other half that goes on internally are probably other 70%. Uh, it's, that's a, it's just more of a frame of mind, I guess I would say, too, that um, – yeah, I think inner, that's a good point. Inner monologue is one of the greatest things in the world. And if you don't <laughs> agree with jail. that, well, no. if you don't agree that inner monologue is fantastic, you're probably not a fan of Scrubs. Well, because you're not that, being honest with yourself either. That, because that if you don't have inner monologue, show, I, half I feel of the bad. humor in that show is all inner monologue. Oh, 100%. And, and, then and we'll I get around about, to that someday soon. Um, uh, Austin Powers, you know, when his inner monologue is broken, that's it's like everybody's worst fear. And like, like half the things I say, I'm like, oh, judging by the look on your face, that was out loud. I apologize. Uh, oh, there's because there's plenty of times inner monologue. Yes, yeah, no, there's plenty of times. I'm sure if you're looking at me, you see my eyes kind of move around. Like, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> exactly. Duck. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> No, that happened just recently when we were back under serious lockdown. Right when they opened the uh, barbershops and hair salons and everything else here in Nevada, I went to, uh, you had, you, at that point, you didn't have to wear a mask except inside the salon. So I went scheduled at a Great Clips and uh, drove up there. We're taking an off ramp here in case you didn't know that already, which you already did, I'm sure. Anyhow, drove up there. I get there. Everybody's outside wearing a mask. And I stepped oh, in yeah. and these people immediately start mask shaming me. I said, we're outdoors. It doesn't matter. And I'm a long <laughs> ways from you down. and you're a long yeah. ways and on and on and on and on and on. And then at that point, I'm standing apparently with one foot in somebody's parking spot that wants to get in. So this guy honks at me, then gets out and makes a big deal of it. And that was kind of the point where I just went, all of you, that my inner, inner monologue came out because I looked, I went, every one of you and my, sweat my arms, every one of you kiss my ass. Exactly. And drove off and left. <laughs> so I didn't get my hair cut for another six weeks. <laughs> That's awesome. But damn, it felt good, didn't it? Yeah. Which also contributes to that not knowing what time frame you're from if somebody took a picture of you. It's like, <laughs> hmm. This guy could that be in the 70s. Run around the corner and jump in a DeLorean. Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, we definitely do need to get to Back to the Future at some point. But right now, is where the tragedy is about to strike when the flat spin happens and Goose gets killed. And well, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, there was some insight onto that too. in the, in the, uh, behind the Ooh. scenes things, uh, when me, they, please, I will do my best. Good sir. And, and it was from the, um, the technical consultant and I can't remember his name and I apologize to him. Uh, but, but Viper. And so they, they said they, we need something bad here. Cause there, the initial thought was a midair collision. Yeah, and the Navy was like, nope, that shit don't happen. And so um, they go to him and like, we need something. So he's like, I thought back 
to all the wrecks I'd seen or heard about. And I remember one, one guy I knew that had flown through some jet wash and it, it knocked out an engine and he went into a spin. And so he goes, yeah, I thought about that. And then he goes, and the thing with the flat spin also is, and the way the F-14 is set up is the pilot, since he's way outside of the center is really going to get smashed. Um, like they show Maverick, like he can't do much. He's smashed against the control panel, can't reach anything. Yeah. And the Rio is more in the center and he has the better shot of getting a hold of something. Um, Cause I always had real difficulty with the scene, like that stupid canopy. But what happens <clears throat> also with that flat spin is it creates a low pressure area right over the jet. And <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting all teared up here. And so when Goose finally gets enables to pull and blow the canopy and then the ejector seats, he was supposed to wait and make sure the canopy is cleared because of that low pressure area, it's not going to instantly blow away. And so he was supposed to wait and then pull the ejectors. And that's why, A, it was a true story, but two, how it couldn't really be Mav's fault because of that whole situation. And so that's sort of the, the, the thing they needed was that wreck and something that will cause this, but it won't be his fault. And the guy's like, yeah, and I just happened to know of a situation where that happened. But me hearing about the, because I always had problems with the canopy not blowing far enough away, but knowing about the low pressure area due to it being in a spin um, and the way he told it, I was like, holy crap. So it makes even more sense now. It begins to make um, a heck of a lot more sense. And I'm really yeah. glad you told that story. Because <clears throat> otherwise, it, it, you know, yeah. I've always had questions about that as well, because I don't understand aerodynamics as well as somebody who's been there and done yeah. that. Yeah, so because, you know, it's like, A, why can't Mav do it? <clears throat> and B, why didn't the canopy fly away? And it's like, well, yeah, because, and I got to thinking about, yeah, the center of gravity, if they're in a spin, you know, the farther you're out from the center, the more G-force you're going to feel. And so given that setup, um, and then the low pressure area and everything, I was like, oh, wow, that's, I wish they would have maybe said that a bit in the in the, the scene later on where he's at the where inquiry he's at the or whatever. Inquiry, that would have been a great time to put all that out. Yeah, given the nature of, but they didn't. So, um, but to know that now, I'm like, oh, wow, that makes that all the more um, relative, I guess you could say. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So he takes the, yeah, he takes down the pictures. He takes the dog tags, and you almost see his last name. Mm-hmm. You know, or um, Goose's last name on his patch, but you don't quite see it. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, you can't hardly read it. You can't read it on the tags. You can't read it on the patch. No. Uh, which I think is good. Yeah, you have to go on to IMDb to actually get that, to get what their actual names were after that. And if you're doing that, you're looking too deep into the film, probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And exactly. Even, even when she's playing sad, Meg is still incredibly cute. Well, yeah, you're like, oh, even then, when she's crying and sad and destroyed, yes, uh, you still just want to hold her. Yeah. It's a, yeah. That is a... Uh, a beautiful feature. I think it's a universal male instinct. Uh, that Mag Ryan wants to be held? Yes. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so they put him back up with Clarence Gilliard um, before he was doing roundhouse kicks with Chuck Norris. Absolutely. And uh, they just can't quite get that shot. you know. And I did like that when he gets out of the plane, stops <laughs> and just grabs him. I will fire when I am goddamn good and ready. Yeah, yeah, because it's obviously not not what it's about. He's just still not well. Um, yeah, but that line has stayed in my lexicon for years when mm-hmm. it comes to other things. Yeah. You know, I'll say I'll say it to other drivers who could know. 
Did I lose you? No, I, no, I'm here. Yeah. Reason, even though I'm on silent, somebody called in, but I will say that to other, yeah. other drivers, I will pull out in traffic when I'm goddamn good and ready. <laughs> Take or somebody, yeah, like, yeah, the light turns green and it takes me half a second to grab the shifter and yeah. put it into, you know, first gear, second gear to take off. Yeah. And they honk at me. I'm like, I will move when I'm goddamn good and ready. <laughs> they never hear it, but you know, you said it and that's the important part. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I, that... I got to thinking too, you know, when, when Viper's like, send him up again. Um, I was like, hmm. I'm thinking nowadays they probably wouldn't. They might. I, I don't know. I think there would be a different protocol. Um, and there well, might even have been then, but I don't know. I, there's, I, I there's, like a, yeah. there's a yes and no to that component in so many different ways. I've been reading a book, which is actually a true story about an American pilot, a B-17 pilot, who was actually escorted home with an injured mm. plane by a German F-109 pilot. Wow. And it's a great story. It's called A Higher Call. You should read it sometime. Sounds great. Yeah. Fantastic. But, you know, the German pilot was talking about that, you know, saying early in the war that men would get sent away for a while when they got, you know, bailed out or they had to belly land a plane or do whatever. Mm -hmm. And when they came back, their attrition rate was much higher than if they were basically sent back up and they were still shell shocked. And he said that the attrition rate went way down when men just jumped right back in and went to it. It's that old, you know, cowboy theory of get the horse bucks you off, you get right back on. And yeah, I, think I don't think about it. Do today. Processing it is probably the worst thing. You just go do it again. I, I, that's why I liked it when they said getting back up there. Um, yeah. Cause that's that was of that mindset. That was probably 100% <clears throat> Naval protocol at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, from the psychologists True. on up were like, no, getting, getting going again, get yeah. his mind back where it needs to be. Let him know he and, can still do it. Yeah. And then you <clears> find <throat> him at the San Diego airport, which does not look like that anymore. No. And, uh, you know, drinking ice water. And <laughs> I'll have what he's having. What is it? Vodka tonic? It's ice water. Yeah. Yeah. Hemlock? <laughs> yeah. What is it? Hemlock? But they're not going to be happy unless you're doing Mach 2 with your hair on fire. It's like, who wrote that? Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, but the uh, king of cheese just called and he'd like his line back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But she wasn't really there to analyze. <clears throat> Technically, she was there just to be the love interest. So yes. you don't have to expect great line delivery out of her. And that way you're not disappointed. Yeah. No. And that's with a lot of characters in this. It doesn't really matter what they say as long as they say something sometimes. I mean, and they have great taglines, too. Great example is Wolfman. Every time, you know, are they close? They must be. I'm getting a hard on. That line. He's always saying, (laughs) (laughs) they must be close. You're getting a hard on. (laughs) It's a line I had forgotten, but it definitely used before and thought was really funny. But it it had fallen out of the the cycle. Uh, It got covered up in the bucket, I guess. Yeah. It's in there. You know, he was a great so character. And, and I think the last line you actually hear his pilot say, you know, Hollywood, right before they get hit, he goes, oh, shit. And that's, <laughs> I think, the last thing he says. <laughs> which I think probably pretty accurate, you know. <laughs> yeah, which also was cut out of the television edit, too. <clears throat> like, why? They didn't cut out any other foul language. They just Is there like a the- limit? 
I don't know. There must be nowadays. Well, I don't know. It depends, it depends on the channel. Have you watched, uh, have you watched Yellowstone? Affirmative. Yeah. Yeah. They say fuck more than Joe Pesci. That's a statement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a statement. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so, yeah. So Maverick finally runs over to Tom Skerritt's house and that's where he finds a little bit of Viper's background that Viper had flown with his dad and yeah. therefore actually has a little bit of a soft spot for him. Definitely. Yeah. And think- is trying to firmly <laughs> move him along in, in a good positive direction. Yeah. But he does so with a very, you know, a directness that you would expect from a, somebody who's more in more of a commanding position in the Navy. Yes. You know, especially yes. when he sits there and says, I'm not going to blow sunshine up your ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is you feel responsible and you have a confidence problem. I After- love that. That he just flat out says it like, bam. Because uh, it doesn't do anybody any good to, to beat around that, uh, I think. I think that was really, really well stated and a great part of the movie when he's, he just flat out says it. Yeah. The writer definitely, if he was not somebody who had been in the service, was definitely surrounded with technical advisors who did. Yeah. They serve. both, there was two writers and they both hung out with a lot of, uh, the tech advisors and the pilots, and they actually went up in some fights themselves. Uh, but yeah, uh, they were uh, they were pretty much immersed as much as they could to get that um, feel and that uh, that sense of what would be said and how it would be done. How it would really be done. Yeah. Well, that that whole scene where there's actually no aircraft, he's at the commander's house. It's surprise i mean as you're as you're a kid you just want to see people flying fast you want to see afterburners you want to see planes moving (laughs) around but as you get older you realize how much poignancy scenes like this actually have in a film especially once you become a filmmaker and realize you have to fill in with fluff other than just action yeah there needs to be something to carry it for everybody and i think also i noticed that we know when tom cruise is talking to charlie uh you know when she did some background on him, he's like, well, you have clearance. You probably know more about my dad than I do. And so that gives you that first sense, like that he doesn't really know what he'd like to. And so I think it plays well then too, when, when Viper can give a little bit more insight um, as to what happened and really what was going on, that he's always kind of wondered, you know, he had his thoughts, but he didn't know. Yes. And I think for him to be able to hear that too, both the directness and like, here's what happened kid. Um, it's sort of what he needs to hear. Well, yeah, you know, what I'm about to tell you is classified. Could end my career. Yeah. That right there says, listen and shut up, son. <laughs> exactly. Is, and burn this when we're done. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we head off. Charlie's house is for rent. She's leaving. She's going to Washington. Why anybody would want to go to that place, I'll never know. But that's another conversation for another day. And career. we're yeah. on to uh, Top Gun graduation. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. By the way, that sunset over San Diego is very pretty when pretty he drives. Bad. Yeah. That's and that's very typical of San Diego. Whether you're up, yes. you, whether you're up in the hills or whether you're right down in the city, that's pretty much what it looks like. It gets purple it's, at night. It's it's it stunning. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that place has so many people in it now. It's unfortunate. <laughs> totally. But you can also understand why, with the advent of desert warfare becoming right up in the forefront. And also the urbanization of San Diego, that Top Gun was moved from Miramar to Fallon, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. 
It, in fact, most of the action scenes that were filmed in the United States here were filmed right over mm-hmm. that airspace in northern Nevada. Yeah, a lot of time was spent there. There's a lot yeah. of open space. There's a lot of government land. They're able to do kind of whatever they need. Plus, it's a perfect place to train for desert warfare. Yeah. Yeah, and um, behind the scenes, too, there is no Top Gun trophy. You just you just pass, basically. But they needed something to have everybody to shoot for. Um because the technical advisor, uh, which I found his name is Pete Pettigrew, uh, Viper, was like, man, if you had something that everybody could win, they'd be knocking each other out of the air and it would be complete chaos. You just, you make it through Top Gun. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. Well, they, but without the trophy, trophy, without yeah. the trophy, who has the plaque for the alternates? Exactly. There's no. Yes. So like it was necessary for the movie, but uh, I thought I really loved his insight. I was like, oh, hell no, you couldn't do that. There'd yeah. be dead people everywhere. Like, yeah. basically. <laughs> and we never really find out what the <clears throat> conflict is other than there's a stranded ship somewhere in the Indian ocean. Yes. And yeah, there could be Megs flying around. We don't know why the Megs are angry, but <laughs> no, yes. they're, I but mean, turns out they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like the hornet's nest, basically. <laughs> Who kicked this? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody kicked it. Somebody's going to get stung. And I can tell you from experience, when the Yellow Jackets are mad, you ain't stopping them from stinging you. They were in my mailbox last year. I'm sure the mailman absolutely <laughs> loved me. I was only getting the mail about every other week, and I went out, opened the thing. <laughs> Two of them came out and stung me. Yeah, they go, ah! <laughs> yeah. Little oh, bad. that's hilarious. That's when I found out that that raid bee killer actually shoots like 20 feet Thank and God, in yeah. my own personal top gun moment i found out you can shoot them down <laughs> your own personal top gun moment there's a commercial for that yeah <laughs> oh oh That's my god funny. and principal strickland's back now in the ready room yeah of course they and, sent back to their own boat which is you know like i don't the odds of him getting back to the same boat would be pretty thin but anyways I don't even know. Well, yeah, they all go to the same boat, back to his boat. I don't even know if there's any good lines from here on out, but it's some of the best flying sequences you are ever going to see. Oh, it's, kids, that, I love that scene when Mav gets there and Iceman's like, they're all over me. And it's just like this swarm in this circle. That's uh, one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, everybody's rolling. Yeah. Everybody's in a barrel roll. They're just, it was some of the best. I don't. And you're like, holy crap. I know one pilot. Not a jet pilot, but a, actually a camera operator pilot died during mm-hmm. the filming of this, crashed. Yeah. I think a yeah. bunch of it was filmed by old Bob Hoover, who owns the Spruce Goose in the museum, mm. Evergreen yeah. Aviation in, what is it, McMinnville, Oregon? I think so, yeah. It's yeah. definitely worth seeing one time. You can't believe the scale of that aircraft oh. until you realize it took Crazy. a four-acre building to house yeah. it. That's massive. <laughs> but, but, you know, Bob, one of the best pilots ever uh one of the best friends of general chuck yeager Mm, yeah you know test pilot forever yeah good old good old chuck but we're (laughs) you know we're in this big dogfight nobody really knows why but i do the one question i want to know maybe you saw this in the spare features why other than it's really cool for hollywood does maverick walk up to his plane and start yanking on his missiles I have no idea. That was not in there either. I saw that. And I was like, what and, the hell? You know, like. <laughs> and that time saying it and this time saying yanking his missiles is the last <laughs> two times you'll ever hear me say that. Thank you. That... <laughs> yeah, I, that really struck me as odd this time when I saw that. I was just like, what are you 
doing? Like, seriously, I'm surprised the technical advisors let that stay or, you know, they maybe didn't have a choice, but uh, yeah, that's the most random thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And only now did it hit me just watching the supposed Russian fighters drop in. They're actually a combination of F fives and two seat T-38s, <laughs> which are still fantastic. But they look aircraft. badass. Yeah. 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 Well, they're, they're small, they're light, they're very maneuverable and they're very fast. Yeah. So they're a wonderful training plane for these guys. Oh, and Wolfman's getting a hard on, so they got to be close. They got to be close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What we a, did have one more good line. What, what a saying. Yeah. That was almost like his tagline, probably for the yeah. rest of his career. You know, Definitely. walk in somewhere and they're like, hey, Wolfman, you getting a hard on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't be a dick, Robertson. Many other times when that was inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like a good parking spot. Yeah. That would be funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Did did they mention in the uh, oh the extras why they had to throw in the extra jet wash scene because it was a little bit it was a little ham handed I thought it was they did not cover that but I as I watched it too I was like geez uh, you know talk about putting I I guess it sort of stacks everything against him like same exact thing happens again this time he powers through it talks to Goose. Then he comes back in, I guess, was probably what they figured, like, you know, something else that might not give him the quote-unquote confidence to get back in the game. But since it was another jet wash flame out, so to speak, um, I think that's what he needs to go and get back in there. So Yeah. And we just confirmed it. Oh, shit was, in fact, the last line. (laughs) Other than we're hit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the last really memorable line, yeah, we're going down. Which you is know. appropriate. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, it, at first you say it, then you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to shit or is he going to kill us? Exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that well again since I dragged out the VHS player. Now we can review Fast Times at Mount... Ridge- <laughs> yeah, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, that's awesome. Yes. I have not been able to actually put together a coherent sentence all day today. I haven't slept very well the last few nights. Well, so nobody, nobody me. notices as far as you know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But we can watch that office space, <laughs> which we've got to get to office space. <laughs> yes. And when for we sure. do our car guy medley, I dragged out my copies of American Graffiti and Tulane Blacktop. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. We're going to. Yeah, sort of a mashup, if you will. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, if yeah. any of you guys are car guys out there, you'll get why these movies are so iconic, even if they're bad. Yes. Doesn't stop you. Um, back to here, though. One thing that struck me as extra funny when I watched last watched this was so they're, you know, they, they're flashing back and forth between the NCIC, um, which is the command center there on the boat, and um, thank you for the fighter, terminology. I appreciate that. The, the pilots, you know, and I, I, I'm just laughing because like. At no time would there be like thirty people gathered around the captain. No cheering. Like you all have a freaking job, and if you don't, you're not in here. Basically, is how yeah. that place is. But it makes for much better movie. It um, does. When you can, but yeah. And they just showed everybody barrel rolling. That is a great scene. Oh, dude, love that scene. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure those pilots were just having a ball. Oh, had to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like. I don't know. That's one I really like. I just admire and like, cause he's coming up and like, he's has to get into that swarm. You're just like, Holy crap. Like he, 
Iceman's really up to his ass. Uh, you know, I think that's really oh, yeah. states it. For, if, between him saying it, but when I see that anyways, I'm like, oh, wow, that's, it's on, you know. Yeah, he's, he's in it. Yeah. There's no coming out of this <laughs> yet. Yeah. And, of course, flying through the jet wash. Yes. Like I said, it was just a little ham-handed. I, it was a bit thick. Yeah, uh, I thought also, but. So, um, you know, we're, we're approaching here the end, you know. What Maverick shoots down three, Iceman shoots down one. The remaining mm-hmm. two bug out. I love that term. Yes, They're sir. Bugging out. You know, well, Tim Robbins does were that very confidently. Out of missiles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're completely out of missiles, but <clears throat> but they, anyways, yeah, it's a movie. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we're right there. So one thing I want to ask you: You've watched the trailer for Top Gun Two, Maverick. Yeah. Fill me in. Thoughts. Oh. um... From everything that I've seen and heard also, um, because they've been talking about it for a long time, and Tom Cruise resisted for a very long time because of just how iconic and and almost, um, in some degree, like, perfect Top Gun was. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so he's like, you know, I was always for Mission Impossible sequels or whatever else, or or Reacher, because it it fit that mold. But because how do you bring back Maverick after 30 years, you know? Um, yeah. And so they've been working on that. And, and from everything I can tell and what I've seen, they do, they do it right. And so, um, that's good. I mean, I I'm saw the, I, to, I to saw the it, preview. Yeah. My only thing is how the hell after 35 years, mm-hmm. did you only wind up a captain? Something's going on. Yeah. Um, either you're going to be making it or you, you know, I don't know how you're still in. You would have been mustered out by it, that point. Wouldn't you? You think that, uh, if you're, yeah, either advance or after a while, if you're at the same rank for too long, it's just time to go home. Um, yeah. So either they address that in the logical way, why he's not uh, more than a captain or whatever he is. Um, something happened or God knows. Um, but uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I'm certainly excited to watch it just because of I don't I think the thought they put into it and, and where it's at now. I think it'll be interesting. Yes. I don't go see a tremendous amount of movies in the theater. Mm-hmm. That one, I believe I will. I agree. Yeah, I, I think it deserves that. I, I do. Yeah, and there's something about that experience. You need to go and sit in the theater. The The beauty of watching it at home is you can watch it over and over again and absorb all these great lines. Oh, which I will, for sure. Um, but, like, I wouldn't watch Midway in the theater. And then I just saw it on TV the other day. Um, and I'm so glad I saw it the first time in the theater. It It, it deserved that. Um, as well and see i miss that in the theater i i've only seen it on the dvd yeah thankfully i've got a great big stereo system which helps which helps yeah big mega screen loud theater certainly helped that experience yeah yes sir no not as far as you know oh i had a another uh another telephone call come in which is very interesting because i've got the thing on silent popular one oh i know you can put it on do not disturb i think is what you should do yeah i probably should have uh on today's edition of iFilm Talk, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Llama Talk, oddly enough. Uh, well, hopefully, people will forgive us for prefacing this episode with Llama Talk. Oh, I think uh, it was just too fun, and honestly, one of the best pranks we've ever pulled. <laughs> It'll stir the masses. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm excited to see Top Gun too. Uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but I'm I'm excited to see that and what all what all it's going to be. Um, 
again, I hope they have the same like opening theme song, you know, because I really like that when the Jets are coming up and you're hearing that music. Like yeah. that's that's all I need to hear to know I'm I'm top gunning and I love that part. Yep. Um, that's so. that's the that's the song I wish had been on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's that stripped down version and yeah, it's one pretty of, badass. Absolutely, one of the best memes I saw out of last year. <laughs> one that said guess who's not excited about top gun 2 and it's the picture of anthony edwards in the cockpit holding the thumb <laughs> Wasn't up. That, the, that was the best dude the best <clears throat> oh, that was so fun i was like i was like standing and applauding like well played sir whoever ma'am whoever played that one was was perfect yeah yeah like gmaf thanks you know so unless it's like little goose uh you know since it's been 30 years <laughs> the boy might be flying now who knows yeah who knows there's um there's always going to be some tie in i'm sure yeah but i, mean, I don't think to, you're going to yeah. see iceman walking into the scene no he's more like he's more like bad guys now yeah so <laughs> well that's all right you know he uh he proved himself as doc holiday no no doubt yes yeah no doubt um, now he's bringing him in closer god you what <laughs> <laughs> yo i love that yeah I'm going to bring him closer. You're going to do what? His yeah. eyes get all big. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's like one of the funniest moments of that whole part. You're going to do what? Yeah. <clears throat> and really, once they shoot the last MIG, everybody else takes off. The rest of the movie is basically fluff. He decides to be an instructor. Who could have guessed yeah. that? Winds up back in San Diego. And guess who shows back up? Nice closing scene. Yeah. With the jukebox and the. Yeah. Well, better than getting into a Jeep and driving away. That's for <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't fault him for finding something better than that. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it, for all said and done, I think it was, that part was still yeah. fit pretty well. Well, the reason, the biggest reason we wanted to do Top Gun is we're right at the close of Independence Day weekend. We wanted something yeah. really patriotic. Now, you know, we probably should discuss a bit of honorable mention because there was discussion of doing the right stuff. Mm-hmm. which starts with General Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier and moving all the way into the, into the Gemini space program. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry to interject, but oh. a lot of the special effects guys that were involved in Top Gun mm-hmm. had worked on the right stuff. Which, and I meant to tell you that way before, but I does, just sparked my brain, which I thought was a really cool tie-in for us. Yeah, does not surprise <laughs> me one little bit. It's a great yeah. film. It's just... There's not a tremendous amount of memorable lines. It's more memorable acting. And it's also yeah. a three-plus-hour-long film, so definitely <laughs> difficult to cover in a podcast. You know, the, the other one we discussed is Full Metal Jacket. Micah, you're obviously the connoisseur of Full Metal Jacket. And yes. it's, it's one of those great films that reflects its time period. Not the time period it was made, but the time period it represents perfectly. Yeah. And unfortunately, probably isn't going to translate well to a tremendous amount of people today. Um, considering, no, I think we'll find a way to eventually yes. get it in there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a movie that, and really, it's two movies in one. You got boot camp, and then you got Vietnam. Yes, um, and I, I have most likely watched the boot camp part twice as much as I've watched the actual war in Vietnam part. And oh yeah, for sure. I'd say seven out of ten times I stop at boot camp. Uh, yeah. After what can we get for ten dollars? Then I usually um, do something else because um, I, I don't know. I, I guess it just doesn't. It's still a, like I said, seven out of ten times I won't watch the whole thing. 
Yeah, but, there's so. there's a hundred great war movies out there we could have covered, mm-hmm. and who knows, oh, yeah. eventually maybe will. But right now, Top Gun seemed like a very timely film, considering Part Two is coming out, and the fact that you know both of us at forty five years old, this this mm-hmm. falls right in the things that happened to me when I was at my most impressionable. Very formative. Um, you know, a lot of memories come back from it. I think uh, it's really stood the test of time, I think, too. The fact that it's, I don't how many times, not very many times do you have a movie, and then 30 years later, they make a sequel. They don't redo it, per se. This is like Top Gun 2. It's not yeah, a redoing of, like, the A-Team or something like that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's the follow-up, which just shows how well it stood up to the test of time. Absolutely. People still had the appetite for that out there, and I'm so yeah. glad for that. Yes. And yeah. In fact, I'm going to see. I'm going to go on Amazon and see if I can find. This is me and my physical copy fetish. I'm going to see if I can actually find <laughs> the soundtrack on CD. Fetish is such a strong word, but you used it, so I'll go with it. Yeah. It's... <laughs> so many things are blasting through my brain right now. Like... Oh, dear God, no! Please, blast shield up. Blast shield up. I'm sorry. <laughs> taking all i can to hold that back really <laughs> oh and this this folks isn't why you know you know why we actually coined a new term called insanity, which actually yes. just basically mashes up randomness and insanity it is completely accurate yes yeah insanity. that's where we're at right now and um of course maverick turns around because you know the quarter just dropped in the Wurlitzer and Bill Medley started singing. You never close <laughs> your eyes. You know, I'm just as off key as Tom here. But it's still mad. It's still good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, singer I ain't. Anyhow, you know, it's really, this is the close to it. And it felt good to do something really nice and patriotic over this weekend because what's, you know, what's more patriotic than signing up half of America's youth into the Navy? In the course exactly. of five years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, um, you know, second and it was just, shit, it's we just, need uh, more ships. It's not overly intellectual either. Nope. It's just something you sit down and you relax and you enjoy and you cheer and you feel good. You feel sad. Uh, I think that's the main thing too about it is it shows a, a different world that everybody gets to live and experience and play in, but you still, there's no real, like you said, there's not one real major enemy we're going against, you know, and there's that small part about the MIGs, but they don't even say Russian MIGs or this MIGs or whoever. It's no. just the MIGs. Um, so it's mostly just about people and being the best at what you do, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's what made it a fantastic film. And of course, it was mm-hmm. followed up, gosh, what, two years later? No, it had to have been 1990, 91. They followed it up with basically the automotive version by doing Days of Thunder. Yeah, absolutely. Which really wasn't that much different. No, and a lot of people have said it, it was just basically top gun on the ground. Yeah. Um, which I can, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they could have they could have done a sequel to that too. And they oh, probably, for sure. They probably yeah. still could today with him being a crew chief or something like that or exactly a you know, car right. owner. Team owner or something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten about the end part where they show the 14, you know, in the red sky, and then it joins up with the other one. They both light the afterburners and do a giant barrel roll. Yes. That's a great way to end the film. It it really is, because I can hear it. I can see it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, you know, it very much symbolizes him and her. Off in the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I think it's great a... film. Great film all the way around. It's one of those. It's one of those films that takes me back to a different place in time. And also, I like the fact that when things are bothering me, all I got to do is put this in, watch it, and mm-hmm. I've forgotten everything. Dude, I could not agree more. And that's uh, it's an escape. Even yesterday or last time I watched it, you know, that very first you're seeing the the screen coming on. He's talking about the words they call it. Top Gun, and I, I I get goosebumps just thinking about that part and what it means, and I'm like, okay, I'm going on a little trip, and I think that's what movies are all about, is being able to just shut everything else down and go live in that world for a while, not worry about anything, and just enjoy it for what it is. I, I, that's For me, anyways, that's the huge appeal of a good movie, is just I can just shut everything else off, and I'm here, and this is all that matters, and nothing else does. Well, for me, it... it always takes me to a different time, a different mm-hmm. place, and it shuts my mind off from everything that's crappy yeah. sometimes. And like you said, you were like 11 or so when you watched that. And as we look back, most of us had not too much to worry about at 11. Well, you know, the yeah. worst part was you had to watch that scene with your mom. But overall, that like, was what made the whole episode good. worth it was to tell that story. Because yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I just want to see my, my sister's going to be crying when she hears oh, it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she might need a the, paper bag to breathe into. Yeah. The joy of movies <laughs> never really struck me how it it removes you from bad places in your life. It mm-hmm. also distracts you from things that may be happening at the time. And lately, I've been watching more movies for you know one main reason. It's I've had a, a kind of an injury mm-hmm. that's kept me laid up a little bit. And as you know, I've been watching a huge amount of movies, and I find it takes my mind to a place where I don't focus on what hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And it's that some of it is finding a new movie, which you hadn't seen before. Oh, hundred percent. When you sent me the box of movies that was labeled, not porn on the side. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) I had the best week of my life. I I was like, all right. Yeah. Some I'd seen some I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen summer school in probably 25 years. At yeah. least 25 years. Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, oh, crap, I forgot about that one. Or, man, I can't believe it's been that long since I watched that. Um, well, that's never, it. How I did had, I miss that? You know? I had not seen either of the Boondock Saints since they first came out. Yeah. And even then, I didn't pay close attention to them. So it was fun to go back and watch them again and go, oh, these are actually pretty well, good films. And I think as we've talked about several times, too, like your, your point of view changes, your experiences have shaped you differently. So then sometimes when you go back and watch it again – it means something different or more than the first time you might have. Well, yeah, your and pers- I think that's really cool also. Your perspectives change on things. And that happened to me when um, I know I'm, I'm jumping off on a tangent here, but I'm going to do this before we get. So it happened to me when, when Yellowstone first came out, I remember watching it and going, they had so many things on here. They got right. Mm-hmm. I mean, things, yeah. you know, things, they had good horses. They yes. had the right, you know, pickups, horse trailers, everybody was dressed properly. Their hats were even shaped right. Mm-hmm. And then I saw some of the stuff and I went, no, I, I, this isn't for me. It's not accurate enough. I grew up on a ranch. So I think about it that way. And then if you'll <laughs> step back to our episode with Brett Edwards, yeah, he was talking about screenwriting and Taylor Sheridan and this and that. And he said to me, 
that even John Wayne movies weren't 100% historically accurate in how things were all done. He's like, this is how films go. We have to create a little extra drama in yeah. order to you know, make that something that's going to really sell and keep people riveted from week to week. So after that, it shifted my paradigm. And I went back and I watched Yellowstone again. And now I got to go back and get the first three seasons, the first two seasons at least, yeah. and catch back up on them because I'm going, okay, now I can appreciate it for what it is. And why they do what they do. And, and knowing that, okay, I guess not everybody looks at it just like I did. Uh, because yes. not everybody has remotely the same experiences. So, 100%. Yeah, it is how it averages out the good with the bad. Uh, and I, I agree with you totally. And I, I just try to appreciate the things they got really right and overlook the stuff that I don't completely agree with. Because uh, it, it would probably be the most boring-ass movie in the world if everything hit me 100%. Well, and if it was... Because it would just be nerd alert. You know? If it, it was just, just the yeah. way I grew up on a ranch, it would be. It'd just be you're getting up yeah. in the morning, you're working... You have a sandwich at lunch, you go back to work, you go home, you're done. How you grew up on a ranch is completely different than how other, some other people grew up on a ranch. That's the whole point. Is every, no ranch is the same. Um, yeah, and there are ranches that have giant land feuds with others. So I get yeah, it. And, you know, where, yeah, there's a lot where, of shit going on. So. Yeah, where I grew up, people didn't use super foul language where we grew up. Mm -hmm. But in other parts well, of the country, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was arch. that guy, yeah. <laughs> there was that guy. But we're well, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We're approaching a hundred minutes here, so we probably ought to get going. But Top Gun was so much fun they and I wanted to charge by the minute or nothing, so it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah. I know. <laughs> Fuck you with I the know. cell phones. No, I think we're okay here. Yeah. yeah. I think we're gonna be all right. But we we still want to hear your feedback. Are we getting any email yet or are people still too lazy? <laughs> They're too lazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you're our viewers or well our most listeners. people just uh just send us a text or a phone call, I think. But yeah, yeah it is. You're, you're and I'm prepared our, today. Hateitpodcast at gmail.com. That's hateitpodcast at gmail.com for your official. If you want to send pictures or long notes or just a picture of you flipping us off, that's fine. Uh, again, you know, if you reach out on Facebook or Instagram or just text, it also works very well. But we do have an official uh, Gmail account. So, yeah. Uh, so we got that going for us, which is strike, nice. Which is nice. Yeah. yeah it is. So, you know, we're moving along there. So we're going to find another movie this coming week, something you're not going to be expecting. And you never know. Sometimes I tell this other guy what we're going to do. And sometimes I don't. And I just hit him blind with a line. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly yeah. what happened with Spaceballs. He had no idea. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, and I encourage people too. if you have a really good movie you think we should we should talk about. Um, feel free to send it in. I, I can't guarantee we're going to, but I like that input also. Yeah. I mean, um, we will I ignore you if yeah. we feel like it, but we might listen. For certain, you never but, know. So you might get a warm, fuzzy feeling that you're making a difference in the world. And that's, that's fine, Sparky. Enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Warm and fuzzy feeling. It sounds like an Orida <laughs> breakfast commercial. <laughs> or something for Depends. You get that warm, fuzzy <laughs> feeling when you don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish Kmart was still around just because I wanted him to sponsor us with the Ship My Pants commercial. Exactly. Yeah, we can ship your pants anywhere. <laughs> I can't wait to ship my maybe, pants. Maybe that's why they're not around. <laughs> I think, you know, I think, honestly, I think that ad was their... We know we're circling yeah, the drain like, and we're going to do us. something fun on the way out. Do this anyway. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Fire me twice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I'll have to, I'll have to find that ad. 
Yeah, it's hilarious. I don't know if we can share it on this without hitting a copyright infringement, but if the company's gone, we might actually be able to. Oh, yeah, and they got to find us first, so they can go pound sand. Yeah. Yeah, if I got a cease and desist from Kmart, I'd actually probably be like, wow, that's <laughs> that's impressive. We have arrived. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We have arrived. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt whatsoever. But oh, we're going to catch up with you next time. I hope you enjoyed this, and I especially hope you enjoyed Llama Talk. Yes, uh, there's been a lot of clamoring for that, so we had to feed the beast, so to speak. I'll be returning next time again as Cotton. <laughs> Your smooth and this jazz. This is Chef Wolverine. Yeah, Chef Wolverine. <laughs> uh, so we will catch up with you next time. You folks have a good, good week. Thank you much, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you all soon. Bye now.